What do you do in the OR as a medical student? What is pimping in the medical school world? How do you best prepare for step one? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Peter, a third-year student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, we've got another great guest today on the pod. We've got Pete, third-year medical student. Hello, Pete. Hello, Dr. Chan. So welcome to the pod. So, Pete, what are you on right now? I am currently on my surgical rotation. Okay. So, it's awesome. You look tired. There's bag on, bags under your eyes. Oh, can you see it? Yes, it I can bad? feel it. Oh, so no. what's your schedule like as a, as a med student during your surgery rotation? Uh, okay, well, I'll take you through a typical day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at IMC Hospital. Uh, it's in Murray. And it really is fantastic. So my role as a medical student, so I wake up at about 4 and make it there um, usually between 4.30 and 5, uh, more towards 4.30 if we have a lot of patients. And I kind of run the run the numbers from overnight, um, get all the vitals, and, and then if I'm following a couple of patients, I'll pre-round on them. And pre-rounding means I go in, I... Um, ask them how they slept, how they're doing. Aren't they usually sleeping at this time or do you Um, you wake them up? I I really hope that I, so I've tried to time it Mm -hmm. when the nurses actually go in. And so I'm not like interrupting them every Mm -hmm. five minutes or something, which they usually do. No one sleeps well in the hospital. So I try to time that well. So they're not completely mad at me. And, uh, yeah, and then just do a very quick physical exam, make sure that there's no acute events that they need, and um, kind of develop a small plan of what they need throughout the day. And then by the time, I think it's usually around 6 o'clock, the chief resident comes, and that's when we do a rounding on all the patients. And then, uh, yeah, when they come to my patients, they do a very quick presentation. Surgery is really nice that way. Internal medicine is a little bit different when it comes to presentations. Rounds are longer. Yeah, Ra- presentations are yeah. longer. Yeah. Sur- surgery rounds, we can see, yeah, probably 20 patients 20 to 30 patients within the hour. Mm-hmm. If that was the case on internal medicine, it would be two days. Because probably. on because on surgery, well, I'm, I'm going to just speak in uh, generalities. Yes. In yes. surgery, you're worried about people's pain. Right. Bowels. So if people are, you know, food is moving through, yep. you know, vital signs, those type of things, right? It's pretty, it's usually straight, more straightforward. Very. I don't want to get in trouble with yep. all my colleagues who are surgeons and internal medicine. And so internal medicine, yeah. though, it's a little bit more complicated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to address all their problems mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, we're taking care of them that way. Surgery mm-hmm. is, you know, did we take care of the problem yesterday? Mm-hmm. At least from what I've seen. And then are they able to tolerate, you know, handling a diet, their pain? You know, is everything working right? Mm. And uh, so, do you get to go in to the surgeries? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What kind of surgeries have you seen? So, uh, so mostly uh, general surgeries. It's mm-hmm. it's really great. I've I've loved all my attendings. You know, they, it's not even a question of whether I can scrub in or not. Mm-hmm. And just go in. You, you scrub in. You've learned how to scrub in properly. Mm-hmm. Properly. Yes. How many times did you mess up? Uh, okay, so grab the light, not where the light handle was so i definitely had to re-scrub there oh yeah that's that's kind yeah. of a common one yeah did you ever have the scrub nurse yell at you so i really work hard on developing a good friendship a with good the scrub nurse. Yes. Yeah. yeah so i, I go in early ask yeah. about their lives <laughs> see how they are 
you know, you're building relationships of trust. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Cause if, yeah, if you get on the wrong side of them, it's mm-hmm. that surgery yeah. is awful. I remember being yelled at several times by the scrub nurse. Cause again, like, you know, how, it's like a technique and it's a sterile technique and it's good for patient safety and to prevent post-op infections. And I get that, but, but sometimes like every, Every OR is like his own, like his own little kingdom and realm, and people have a specific way of they like certain things, and that goes to the attending surgeon, all the way down to the scrub nurse, and you just have to roll with it. So definitely, and they, yeah, and they are always right. Mm-hmm. So if they say you touch something that you're not supposed to touch, you say you want you're right. You apologize. Yeah. yeah, actually, I did learn that. Actually, if I, I just when I first met a scrub nurse, a particular one that I knew was tough, I actually touched something on purpose and said, Hey, I touched something. I need to get a new glove. Mm-hmm. And we were best friends ever since. Cause well, she so knew you, that I you was proactively yeah. messed up. Yeah, I proactively <laughs> just to get, messed up just to get that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Just to get it done. And yeah, she never yelled at me or anything. Mm-hmm. And so little tricks, I guess the little tricks of the trade. <laughs> um, other, uh, tr- so what is you, what do you do in the OR as a med student? Are you, are you just watching or what, do you get to cut or do you get to sew or, Hold retractors. I mean, what do you, what have you done? Yeah, that totally depends on the surgeon mm-hmm. and what type of surgery is going on. Um, the the very typical kind of the the appies, the lap coli. So yeah, mm-hmm. to- taking out a gallbladder or taking out an appendix, mm-hmm. you can do a lot. It's really cool. Um, so for a typical, let's say a typical cholecystectomy, um, the med student. You'll be with the attending, maybe a chief resident or an intern will be there, and then you. And you get to drive the camera. I usually drive the camera on a cholecystectomy. You retract a lot. And um, if the surgeon's really cool, they'll let you do some bovine, which is electrocautery, mm-hmm. cutting through the skin. Yeah. Bovine yeah. at 5,000 yeah. becomes a lightsaber at that point. It, yeah. Yeah. it definitely does. I've had these... I, I've spent a lot of time in the OR just fantasizing, so I thought about that. <laughs> can the can a bovi become a lightsaber if you turn it up high enough? So, wow. yeah. I should have had that thought too. I've yeah, never, you can use I, that later this afternoon or tomorrow morning. I'll, yeah. I'll think about it. Yeah. yeah, the next surgery. But yeah, and then um, again, depending on the surgeon, you definitely get a close mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. Uh, I like it when they suture close because that means you can practice your suturing and you get to slow down everybody there as mm-hmm. they're just staring at you. But mm-hmm. you do get to practice. Or you get a staple, and you can staple pretty quick. Okay, yeah, staple so, seems easier. It is easier, but I don't know. You want to develop your skills mm-hmm. somehow, some way. So are, are do certain surgeons kind of like ask you questions like, oh, what's this? What's that? The famous pimping. Yeah, we call uh, that pimping in yeah. medical school language. Yeah, so. that's the official term. You know, yeah. that's, that's how it is. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, again, totally depends on the surgeon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people can get really anxious about it, and definitely there are certain people that uh, – people that students try to avoid, but I think it's great. I, I particularly love pimping. And when you get the questions wrong, I actually learn the most from them. Cause I will never get that question wrong again. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'll take you through. So yeah, one time I said something really, really dumb and I, I know the, I know what the answer is and I still remember it and, uh, felt like an idiot the rest of the surgery. But then the next surgery, it was like the surgeon was just questioning me on everything I knew and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I felt so good. He eventually went on to medieval poetry and asking me about that mm-hmm. and had to recall my AP lit from <laughs> high school. <laughs> so a secret but, of pimping is is eventually the pimper has to assert their authority. Yes. And they'll just ask you a question until you just say I don't know. Or you, so yeah, that's actually great, Pete, if you were able to go down to medieval poetry. Uh, so. That was a rare occasion. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it gets uh 
stopped way before that. <laughs> Very cool. But it's great. It's fine. Uh, music in the OR. Have you got to pick? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's been a few. Not many people know this, but certain physicians, it's always the attending, they sometimes like to do surgery with classical music, with rock music, with hip hop. Yes. So uh, it's very interesting. So what what have you seen, and have you gotten to choose? Um, yeah, there's a there's a surgeon that her dog's name is Angus, referring to the lead singer from uh, ACDC. Okay. And so I think I found that out before the surgery. I'm like, oh man, I should probably brush up on my classic rock from the 80s. <laughs> and uh, that's and it was that great. thinking ahead. Yes. Yeah. And that was actually the majority of the questions she asked me was about that. Uh-huh. But um, Did so, you listen to ACDC back in the day? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. I grew up with a father that taught me what real music was, whatever <laughs> that was. So. You're doing bunny ears right now. Yes, so. I am. For all those people at yeah. home. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I, I love the surgeons that actually let the patient choose. Mm-hmm. And so it's really neat. interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. What are some common requests? Uh, it, it's, I've had a lot of classical music okay. actually being played when that happens. And maybe it's like the soothing or something that they are going to feel when they're asleep. I don't know. So if the surgeon asked me that, if I was laying on that table and they asked yeah. me that, I would just tell the surgeon, whatever makes you <laughs> relaxed and leads to the best outcome. So if it's ACDC, if it's Celine Dion, if, uh, I don't know, Cowabunga, Chumbawamba, I would tell them just to go for it. So I, yeah, I would agree with that. So who would you pick? Um, man, it, I really cannot turn down when, when Boston comes on. Okay. I mean, you More than a Boston? feeling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it's a good song. I've heard that song a billion times mm-hmm. and I still cannot change the station on the radio when that song comes on. Well, let's segue into fun stuff. Okay. So before medical school, mm-hmm. you had an athletic career. Uh, you can, I guess you can call it a career. I, I call it a career. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what did you do? So, uh, I played, uh, I played baseball. Okay. So I played for Utah Valley. I was a a pitcher. There's a reason why I'm still not a pitcher. (laughs) Starting pitcher or relief pitcher? Um, So mostly in college, I I closed. So so, this this is perfect. See, I go to – this is always dangerous in an interview because I don't know the answers to my questions. So when you came in to relieve, would they play Boston – Songs was that kind of your intro music? Oh, it should have been when you walked in from you know to kind of you know close out the eighth or ninth inning. Yeah, maybe that's why I didn't do so well. I should have put Boston as my, uh, yeah, incoming song. No, actually, I would. Um, you get to choose mm-hmm. what kind of song you get to get to, get to have. And um, my brother plays a lot and does a lot of soundtrack music, and so I put him on, thinking okay. you know like oh that's gonna rub me up. My family's cool and oh, awesome. That's very sweet. But oh, you know, very tender and touching. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it was great. Okay. So you played baseball all throughout your time at UVU. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you were able to do all your pre-medical activities too. Uh, yeah. I mean, how'd you do that? What, what's, what's the secret? Um, man, there is no secret. Make sure you, uh, you get married and have a wife that really understands okay. what you need to do. <laughs> so all those listening to you in Utah County, that's what you need to do. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, so you're playing baseball. I have a bunch of baseball questions in my mind. Sure. Uh, first of all, right or left-handed? Uh, I wish I was left-handed. You wish you're left-handed. So you're yeah. right-handed. Mm-hmm. You come in, and then like, did you have like, like an antagonist, like someone that just, you know, you you know, you played different teams all the time, and you played the same team over and over again. Sure. Did you have someone that just kind of lit you up, that always hit well off you? Oh yeah, and uh, it comes from this particular institution. Really? So, yeah. Okay. University of Utah. And so this is when I realized that I wasn't going to make a pitching. Cr- a career out of mm-hmm. my life. So I played a 
So I threw against his name was CJ Crone. He was actually seventh all around draft pick. Yeah, I recognize that name. I think he plays yeah. for the Angels now, right? I, that is correct. Yeah. Yep. And so what an opportunity it was to throw to a major league mm-hmm. ball player. And so I remember being so like revved up when I knew that I was going to be throwing to him. I came in for relief. I think we were up by two and. Um, so he came to bat and I was like, you know, I don't have to be intimidated by this guy. And so I remember throwing, you know, an inside fastball and he, he barely fouled it off. And I'm like, oh yes, I got him. And it was that, that little sense of pride that I think got me. And I threw one and right when I released it, I'm like, Hmm, I think that one's going to be a little too good for him. And that was the longest ball I've ever seen hit off of anybody. So regardless hit, of me, he hits it. You don't even need to turn around. You nope. Just, I just, just know. The sound. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly it. What do you do with like? Because I've seen pitchers like put their heads in their mitts and and look down. What, what was your? Um, you just pace around the mound. Well, the appropriate response is just to ask for another ball and sit there. Okay. And so inside, yes, you want to crawl up into a ball and <laughs> die, but you can't show that. Oh. But but the next at bat, I got him to pop up. And so I do feel good about that. I really wanted to strike him out, but right. I, a major league ball player popped up on me. So I've had CJ Crone in the room right now. What do you know who you are? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a two way street. Okay. Yeah, no, which is a good thing because you know I could say oh, I was that guy that you know you hit a home run off of. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, oh well, yeah, there was a lot of people All that right. did that. All right. So so pitcher, have you ever thrown anyone on purpose? Like hit anybody? Like a bean ball? Oh yeah. All right. The, oh, tell me about that. Yeah. Is this often or? No, no, no. Did the coach um, give you the sign? Yep. There is or are a, you protecting your hitters? Talk about the code. Yeah. Um, there. Well, the code is – there really is – I don't think there really is much of a code. It's mm-hmm. most of the time a coach is kind of mad, honestly. <laughs> and uh, Mad yeah. at you? Mad at mad, other team? M- mad at the other coach okay. somehow, some way. Okay. Um, so just, just like a- how they played or, you know, they're um, yeah, not being very sportsmanlike or something. But mm-hmm. you know, it's hard because you being somebody, you put them on base. It's not really beneficial for your team. And so you got to be in the right situation for it. So for my, my limited knowledge of baseball, if one of your guys got hit the previous inning and it was like on purpose, you have to protect your hitters and hit someone that inning or something like that. Is that, is uh, that not really how it was? Uh, I think it depends on okay. the situation. Okay. So I'll uh, – yeah, situational. Oh, situational. Okay. Yeah. So when you hit someone, do you throw as hard as you can or you kind of like <laughs> the change up? Do you aim for the ribs? I mean, what do you do? Uh, yeah, no, I had, I aim for, you know, a good solid back hit. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to injure them. Okay. So just want right. to make sure that, you know, they know you're there and not going to toss it in lightly. Okay. But. All right. <laughs> You see, okay. I feel I, bad saying this. So. I'm just curious because it's, it's not every day. I have this someone is very who, rare who pitched at a, what I would say a very high collegiate level to get like the inside knowledge, like what mm. actually goes on. So usually, mm. it's not your decision. It's usually a coach's decision, and it's rare. But when it happens, it happens, and you know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But very rare. Very rare. Okay. <laughs> so um, let's talk about applying to medical school. Okay. Um, what was your experience? What are some tips out there to help people? Applying to medical school. Um, well, you would know quite a bit, but uh, I realized from my experience, um, I really encur- – when people ask me that, I, you know, I'll first always say no matter what people tell you, you always have your own experience applying. Mm-hmm. It's up to you um, to figure out what works best for you in your experiences. Then I'll say like, make sure you really do things you love doing. So if you find a research project – that you think would be cool, just do it. It's mm-hmm. really neat. And if you want to volunteer at certain places, 
that you hear is like really good on applications, but it doesn't sound that great to you, don't don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, do those things that you feel are gonna because you're gonna be miserable. Yeah, you'll be yeah. miserable, yeah. and and that's gonna reflect in your application as you know as much as you can try and make it sound good or not. And that kind of leads into my second thing. I I like to. Uh, and tell people applying is make sure you write really well. Mm-hmm. You really express what sh- your experience is because you can volunteer for thousands and tens of thousands of hours and not write about it really well, and the experience won't mean anything. I think majority of my interviews were actually things that I, you know, people brought up questions that I probably had maybe thirty hours in or something. And I mm-hmm. thought I would just throw on there, mm-hmm. but I wrote about it really because well it meant a lot to me, mm-hmm. and they asked about mm-hmm. it. And so that's usually what I tell people. And then apply early. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no point on applying later you Mm -hmm. really just want to get it in early and get it done Mm -hmm. what are some of the activities you did oh um let's let's think about my pre-med days uh i know it's it's many years ago no no distant haze (laughs) uh so i was a psychology major and so i did a lot of behavioral science stuff Mm -hmm. um i did volunteer at the mental health hospital and i got a lot of questions about that down there uh down provo Provo. utah state hospital Uh yeah and that was a great experience i think a lot of a lot of pre-meds actually do it. And, um, but I was sincerely interested in mental health still, still kind of am. And, um, and it was just really fun. It was a, it was a great experience and showed me a lot about, you know, these people really are mm-hmm. still real people and have great experiences. Yeah. Human and, behavior. And yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think I, probably about every interview people ask me mm-hmm. about that. It was really, so how many schools did you apply to? So I applied to 15. Okay. How many yeah. places did you interview? Uh, I got nine interview invitations. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, again, uh, going to applying early, mm-hmm. it means you get interviews early, and you can get into schools that you want, and that way you can save money and cancel the other interviews that you get later. So of the nine, so, how many did you interview with? I think it was four. Okay. Around, yeah, I think. All right. Maybe around there. Okay. <laughs> All right. And you know, going through that process, you know, and were you married at that time? Yeah. So uh, how how does that work? I mean, did you? Like, because a lot of people apply to our medical. Well, a lot of people apply to all medical schools, and they have a significant other or partner or a spouse. Right. Like, how involved was she? I mean, did she have a say in what schools you're applying to? I mean, how does how does that work out? Oh yeah, no, she runs the show. Okay. So yeah, is she gonna run the show for your match list one day? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to stay married, happily married. <laughs> That's a good goal to have. Yeah. yeah. No, we no, we talked about it. What schools mm-hmm. to apply to? Um, we're from here, so um, University of Utah is obviously. On the docket, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, we talked about what places she would want to live, and um, not really where I would want to live, just where she would want to live, because she would experience most of the, you know, surroundings and not mm-hmm. being school. But um, yeah, so it was all up to her. Do you feel the different medical schools you, schools you interviewed at? Did you get a, get a sense of who they are and what they were just from the interview day? Yeah, looking back, I don't know. Okay, and so you do get a, you can get a feel, and mm-hmm. I think um, maybe not all the positives of it, but you can definitely find out like, well, I don't belong here. Mm. And, uh, that's how, that's how I felt at mm-hmm. certain places. Like, Oh no, this isn't right. Well, what kind of tipped you off? You don't have to name names, but what kind of tipped you off? Were the med students like unhappy? Oh or? no, no, no. Okay. It wasn't, I don't think it was any particular person or okay. anything like the interviews uh, and all the interviewers were awesome. All the med students, you know, at least put on a face at that mm-hmm. time. And they're all, I felt like they were all actually really sincerely happy and, mm-hmm. and great. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to define. You can just get a sense of like, oh, you know what? I don't know if I I don't think I'd be happy here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just like the demographics of the city mm-hmm. and um, like the resources available for myself or for families. I don't know. It wasn't. 
When I was interviewing for med school many, many years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I won't name the city because I'll give it away. I remember I flew into the city to interview, and I had this really negative encounter renting a car. You know, it was oh, just yeah. really, really bad. And I had mm-hmm. nothing to do with the medical school. But it took like an hour and a half, and the lines were long, and the people working there were not very friendly. Mm-hmm. And it was just not a good start to the whole experience. I'm not going to tell you that that made or break my decision to right. go to that institution or not. But it's just interesting how life, there's just these little things that add to one big thing. You yeah. Know? And so, yeah, I've always... I just kind of always wondered that, like what happens in our lives when we go out and we embark on the interview trail, start seeing all these different places, and you're going to have the exact same experience. I mean, the mm-hmm. weird thing about medical school, medical education, is that it, the process just repeats itself. It just changes a little bit, right? So people apply to medical school. You have to get letters of recommendation. You have to write up these essays. Guess what? You have to do that for residency. <laughs> so it's true. It, it, it doesn't end. Itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you decide to do a fellowship, you get to do, get mm-hmm. to do it for a fellowship. So it's just kind of crazy how it just repeats itself. Almost indefinitely. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pete. uh, Last few minutes. Um, First couple years of med school. What did you like? You know, I'd, I'd, uh, if I could be in medical school and not get tested, I could just do the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And so it is. It it is really a great opportunity to learn these things. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, undergrad, you know, you just kind of go, you have to jump through a lot of hoops with medicine. It's like, okay, what do I really need to know? Mm -hmm. And you know, what do I need to know for, for people to improve? And I think that's just fantastic. Um, and you know, I can, everyone complains about testing and that's what you, it's just a fact of life. Mm -hmm. You'll get tested a lot in medical school, but it really is rewarding when you have studied really hard and, uh, you do well. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I've, I've really very few complaints about the first year's medical school. I'll definitely look back on it and think what an awesome experience. Did you like transitioning to third year? I mean, is third year different or better in some ways? So yeah, third year is definitely, definitely different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of the first two years you think like, okay, I need to learn what's going to be on the exam. Mm -hmm. And third year there, it, there are definitely still exams, but it comes down to like, okay, I've never been taught that, but that doesn't matter anymore. And so the learning is, is, you know, it's, application of it but mm. it's anything is fair game mm. which is nice and not nice at the same time because you don't know but uh it's it's a cool transition though so you like it you're out oh, on the yeah. boards interacting with patients more yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. um to me like third year always represented more what being a doctor was like uh, i fe- always felt like the first years med school were very much classroom focused and the last two years are much more kind of career focused like what's going to happen what what field attracts you and I'm going to ask you today. I'm not going to hold you to it. Huh, I knew but it was today, coming. Peter, what kind of doctor are you going to be when you well, grow up? Well, pediatric psychiatrist. You know how to... <laughs> That's what you always Peter, say. Pete, we're, we're past that point. <laughs> you have any, any influence on your, on your grades. So, um, so I, uh, I really loved my surgery rotation. So that's definitely still in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought about you know ENT and uh, I have – you know, OB, a little bit about psychiatry and mm-hmm. pediatrics. And what it comes down to is, man, I guess it's a family doctor because I like all those things. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, there is a, there is, you can call it a legacy or, or whatever. My dad is family practice. His mm-hmm. dad and his dad was, goes they, back a while ago. Do they ask you about it? I mean, yeah, they always, uh, okay. yeah, just yesterday. All right. like, if you were to choose, what would you choose now? I'm like, really? Can I, can I say something different than mm-hmm. family medicine? And of course they course i can i feel no pressure that okay. way right. but i like what they do and mm-hmm. they show me a good example of what it means to be a good family doc 
Yeah. So I don't know if that's a direct answer. But, but, uh, but that's one of the more direct yeah. answers I've ever gotten. Oh, well, okay. That, that's very beautiful. Oh, thanks. I mean, you still have time to figure it out. Right. And, that, and, that, and very much from what undecided. I know about your family, uh, they, I think they'll probably love you no matter what you choose. Yeah, I hope okay. so. Okay. It's not like you're choosing between like, you know, should I do cocaine or heroin? You know, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are all good choices. So good. Um, and then last thing I was going to ask you, step one prep. What's ah. your secret, Pete? What's your secret? Oh, just uh, So what point during going. the second year did you start studying? Um, I started early. What's that? Um, yeah. That, what is that defined as? Uh, the fall. The fall. So the so fall, fall of your second year. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I mean, starting early is making it a priority. So mm-hmm. before you get to classroom stuff, you can only spend maybe, you know, just like an hour of just step one prep, whatever resources that you feel is appropriate. Mm-hmm. What are your top three books, top three resources? So, uh, UWorld is invaluable. UWorld. Okay. Yeah. It's a question bank. Question bank. How many questions? There are, I think, man, 2,500. 2,500. There's a lot Ooh, of questions. That's a lot of questions. Definitely yeah. a lot of questions. And um, you can learn from them, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they have great explanations at the end. You learn the material from that. Yeah. And then always, always first aid. Everyone talks about mm-hmm. it. And it really is beneficial. First aid is, to use the Judeo-Christian term, oh, yeah. the Bible <laughs> for all step one prep. Yes. It is true. It is true. Okay. And then what's your third, your go-to? My go-to? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, so th- there are other resources I use. People use Pathoma, but, um, Pathoma, okay. yeah, but if you, I feel like for me, more resources was worse and I felt overwhelmed. You know, everyone's using some new and exciting thing, but, uh, you know, if you make your flashcards really well based mm-hmm. off of UWorld and first eight, and you know, those really, really well, I really don't think you have to use that many new resources. Trouble, you know, trouble subjects or whatever you can you can find. Mm-hmm. But if you really know those and you understand those, I don't really see an, a need to okay. explore other options. Okay, good. Uh, what day of the uh, What day of the week did you take the test? That that is yeah Monday. Monday. Mm-hmm. So this is a loaded question. You're yeah. What did you do 24 hours before the test? Were you studying? Did you take a break? That's why I took a Monday. Okay. So I usually take Sundays off okay. of everything, and okay. I've done that for my first two years, and it's been really – it's a mental health thing. Okay. So it's been really nice for me. Okay. And uh, so I knew that I'd have a you know, good excuse to not do anything 24 hours and just let the brain settle. Okay. And um, it, that was helpful. What did you have for breakfast? That morning? Mm-hmm. Uh, cottage cheese pancakes. <laughs> oh, okay. Was that a protein that load? Plan? Oh, yeah. Okay. I made them the night before. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to end on this. Okay. So did your team, your baseball team, ever make the playoffs? We never made regionals. They made it last year, though. So What was the most high-pressure game you ever pitched in? Ooh. Uh, let's see. For me, it was probably, I think we played um, Gonzaga. Okay. So up in Washington, I think it was most high pressure because the weather was really horrible and I mm-hmm. couldn't feel my hands or my fingers. Okay. And I think we were up by only one and it was just like a kind of a classic, like don't let anybody score. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, that was during my freshman year. So a long time ago, but I definitely felt the pressure there and, uh, we did end up winning long story short. So you're walking in to pitch Gonzaga. Right. It's, it's rainy, it's cold. And those feelings you have when you're walking in. How does that compare to walking in to take step one? Similar feelings, different feelings. You know, th- there is a ga- there is a game, um, a game face, and a, 
you know, game set mind, mm-hmm. you kind of got to have for, for both. Yeah. It is similar. Okay. I will say it is similar. The strenu- strenuous ac- physical activity, definitely, I would say, compares to the mental mm-hmm. activity that you need. Well, so, I'm Pete, everything I know, I'm glad you aced both. So. Oh, well. Congratulations. I had a good mentors, you know, good mentors. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have many, many mentors along the way. Well, Pete, we'll have to have you come back on the pod in a few months. I want to hear, especially as you get closer to making the decision uh, <laughs> when you start to have to apply to residency programs. Yeah. But I'm very curious to see how it turns out. Yeah, cool. me too. Well, thanks for coming on, Pete. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.